This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. <laughs> Praise God. Woo! Well, good to see you all this morning. Let's give the youth a great big round of applause as they go. Appreciate them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, I'm glad to be in church. How about you? Huh? How many of you know this is better than jail? Yes, it is. <laughs> Hallelujah. By, by long ways. If you're there, you got trouble. Amen. Or you got in trouble. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Y'all have a good week today or this week? Huh? Y'all awake, aren't you? Come on now. Praise God. Sunday. The sun's shining. We should be awake. You know, amen. Praise God. Remember Brother Hagin, you know, when he got healed, uh, he was bedfast for 16 months. Brother Hagin was the founder of our Bible school. and He was raised from a deathbed, and, uh, and uh, he was 16 years of age, and uh, he got a revelation from Mark 11:23 and 24. Praise God, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Hallelujah. And so anyway... Uh, when the Lord spoke to him and ministered to him, he said, uh, you believe you're healed? And he says, I sure do. He says, well, you know, healed people ought to be up at 1030 in the morning. And so he made his effort. The Spirit of God came on him, and he was healed by the power of God. Amen. So at, by 1030, you ought to be up. Well, we're not that far from there. It's 10 o'clock. So, you know, I'll, that was my whole point. You know, you say, where are you going with this? That's, that's where I was going. Amen. Praise God. This is the day the Lord has made. So we're going to what? And what else are we going to do? We're going to be glad in it. Amen. Praise God. Every day you have on this earth, this planet, you can rejoice. Glory to God. He gave it to you as a gift. Amen. And not to mention the fact that when you depart from this life, you get to go to another one. How many of you know your life doesn't stop after you die physically? No, we just, we just get relocated. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, there really is no sorrow in death if you're a believer. Because, praise God, when you, when you go home to be with the Lord, it's promotion day. It's promotion time. Now, you know, sometimes we can get a little selfish about it because we've lost somebody we love and whatever. But if you think about it on there, and, uh, you know, with regard to them, you ought to rejoice with them. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Yeah, you ought to. Glory to God. You know, the Bible says that one day with the Lord is, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So, you know, we live in this, this time, and we, we have to, you know, deal with that, I guess, is the best way to put it. But I'm telling you what, eternity awaits us all. And so we can rejoice. Hallelujah. There's going to be a, a, a homecoming. Praise God. And we're all going to get together. Amen. Are you listening to me? So, you know, you, you might have a family member or somebody like that's been living, you know, in close proximity to you, just like our son, Greg, you know, I mean, he lived with us for, you know, uh, uh, well, till he was 18, went to Bible school, came back for a little while, waited for his sweetheart to get out of school, and then he vamoosed. Amen. Well, you know, we didn't, we didn't lose him. He just moved a thousand miles away. Are you listening to me? He lives in New Mexico. So we haven't lost him, praise God. He just relocated on us, amen. So there's that absence, you know, but I tell you what, you know, absence causes a heart to grow fonder, doesn't it? 
So we get to see all of those, amen, that have went on before us. Glory to God. I was thinking about my brother Ray, old Ray dog, you know. You know, I'd ask him, and he used to work for us, you know, he was cleaning the church. I said, what are you going to do this afternoon, Ray? He said, well, he says, you know, I might uh, lay her down for a little bit, you know. That means take a nap, you know, and then get up and have a tea. That guy, he, he was, he, if he didn't have to work, he figured out a way not to. I know, you know, at times he'd come out to the house, you know, and Joe and I, we'd be doing stuff, you know, and plant trees, brushes, and shrubs, whatever the case. He'd come out, he, he'd, he'd have a, he'd find a lawn chair, you know, and he'd sit down in a lawn chair and he'd get his glass of tea and he would watch us. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you know what? I thank God for Brother Raymond. He was just a yeah. blessing to us in so many ways. Praise God. And so, uh, so one day we get to uh, reunite. It's going to be awesome. And I'm looking forward to that my mother, my father, just like so many of you, and uh, my brother Jim. You know, my brother Jim and my dad, man, I mean, they were close to the door. And uh, thank God we had the privilege of being able to lead both of them to the Lord two days before they died. They had very similar circumstances in that regard because uh, sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're living life and doing life, you, uh, you feel like uh, you don't need anyone or anything. But how many of you know we, everybody needs Jesus? I mean, I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't care what you think about yourself. The Bible says that without him, we are nothing. And fortunately, by his grace, these two men had the privilege of being ushered into the kingdom. I don't recommend that. Did you hear me? Don't be waiting two days before you die to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Are you kidding me? Hallelujah. But, amen. Praise God for his mercy. Y'all bring your Bibles with you this morning. Let's open our Bibles together uh, <clears throat> to Isaiah chapter one. Isaiah chapter one, if you can find that opening in your Bible, and then also, if you feel real handy, find Job chapter thirty-six. Okay, Isaiah chapter one and Job uh, thirty-six. So good to see all of you this morning. Thank you for being here today. Uh, we're delighted that you can be in the service. Those of you that are watching us. Uh, via uh, Facebook or through YouTube. We're also delighted that you can be with us as well. Praise God. Get your Bibles out wherever you may find yourself, and let's get into the Word of God, and let's learn some things together, and uh, we'll be blessed. Amen. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you want to move up higher? Praise God. How many of you want to enjoy more peace? You say, well, I'm so full of peace, I can't stand it. Well, share some with the rest of us. Hallelujah. Amen. <clears throat> we live in a troubled world. And I tell you what, people need peace, and you can't find it in the world. Did you hear me? But you sure enough can find it in Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But anyway, all right, so did you all find Isaiah 1 and Job 36? Let's pray together, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you today. Father, we love you and so grateful that we can gather together in the name of Jesus. You said that when we do so, that you're in our midst and so, Father, I want to just thank you, Father God, for your presence. I thank you for ministering to men and women's lives. I thank you for providing revelation, knowledge, and understanding, Father, the true nature, Father, both of you and of your will for mankind. I thank you, Father God, for making the crooked paths straight. I thank you, Lord God, for showing people areas within their lives that can be changed for the better. 
I thank you, Father, for the improvement of your grace so that confusion no longer exists within their lives, but there's clarity, that there's understanding, that there's rest within their souls. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in this house and upon these, your people today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, we were singing about it this morning. Actually, uh, I I was uh, in the uh, green room there just getting ready to come out. And uh, Steve Rozelle was exhorting you before the worship and praise. And I tell you what, I almost got shouting after, you know, when he's, he's up there on the platform. Praise God. You know, uh, trying to, you know, light a fire. Did you know that he was trying to light a fire? Yeah. Amen. Praise God. Because one of the things that he commented on or that he was making reference to, uh, which I would say in, in a, perhaps a different way, but Jesus, Jesus paid an incredible price for your freedom. Are you listening to me? I mean, you know, the Bible says that he made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and he was the son of God. Hallelujah. And, and yet he was willing to come into this earthbound existence and give his life for you and for me. And we have, I mean, we look at the physicality of his life and we look at the emotional things that he endured, um, you know, and, and all of the things that he um, had to deal with in reference to the sinfulness of men. And, and we see a lot of that. I mean, all that you see as distress within the nations is because of the sinfulness of men. Are you listening to me? Blind ambitions, full of greed full of uh, the desire for power and control. All of that, you know, is driven by the sinfulness of men. And Jesus came willingly because the Bible says that God so loved you and me that he was willing to give his son as a sacrifice for us. So he came and he paid a price so that you and I could be free. Everybody say free. free. What do I mean by that? I mean, I'm talking about being free from the dominion of sin. I'm talking about being made free from the dominion of hell and Satan and its influences upon your lives. So you don't want to take what it is that he did for granted. You want to take full advantage of all that he provided, praise God, to walk in the light as he is in the light. Hallelujah. And have fellowship with him. Praise God. Because he's coming again. Glory to God. And you know, people that walk with Jesus, they're not afraid of nothing. Let me say that one more time. You know, people that walk with the master, they're not afraid. Jairus was about to lose his daughter, and Jesus turned to him and said, don't be afraid, just believe. And so that's what he did. And guess what? He got his daughter back. Are you listening to me? Praise God. And so when we walk with the master, hallelujah, good things happen. Amen. Even in the midst of the storm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Amen. He leads me. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. He's with us. Amen. You get a bad report. Something comes in the mail. Somebody calls you on the phone. Thank God Jesus didn't say, well, sorry, you're on your own. I'm out of here. He doesn't do that. He's just, he's there waiting for you to turn to him and say, well, how about that, Jesus? You and I are going to have to take care of this. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Why? Because he cares for us. So praise God. You know, it was for freedom 
and liberty that Christ came to make you free. Isn't that what the Bible says? And so we ought to take advantage of every opportunity that we have. Amen. Praise God, because he's so good. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the rewards of obedience. How many of you know it pays to obey God? How many of you know it doesn't pay when you don't? About six of you are excited about that proposition. Praise God. No, it pays to obey God. Obeying God sometimes at the time doesn't seem to be easy, huh? But I tell you what, praise God, it sure enough does yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness and those that exercise themselves in it. Sometimes, you know, well, not sometimes, really. A lot, most of the time, we're swimming upstream as believers because we're in this world, but we're not of it. And so the way we live our lives very often ends up being contradictory to the rest of the world around us. And a lot of times they don't agree. And, you know, you just can't take offense, uh, you know, sometimes about the behavior that people have towards you. They don't know any better. I said they don't know any better. You know, before I got saved, I didn't know any better. You know, if I, if I ran into a quote-unquote religious person, well, really, a person that loved Jesus, you know, um, I didn't have anything good to say uh, to them or about them. Why? Because I didn't know. Huh? Hallelujah. So, you know, before you start throwing all your rocks, it's easy to do, too, folks. Come on now. Believers, children of God. You know, you get into a certain culture of, of church culture, you know, and amongst believers and stuff, it's real easy to become pharisaical you know, in your approach toward everybody else because you're not there. But what you need to do is never forget where you came from. Are you with me? Because you were just like them. Thanks for your excitement about that. You know, this is one of the most enthusiastic groups that I've spoken to here lately. Hallelujah. It's true, isn't it? You know, and so we need to be cautious about how we judge the people that are around us. Are you with me? So, so easy to get into a place where you don't belong. Are you listening to me? Well, anyway, let's talk about the rewards of obedience. Notice with me in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. You're familiar with this verse of Scripture. But God said here in this verse, now listen, he says, If you be willing and obedient, what's going to happen? You'll eat the good of the land. Read that again with me. If you be willing and obedient, you will eat or you shall eat the good of the land. Glory to God. But he goes on then to say, but if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Hallelujah. If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Of the land. How many of you want to eat the good of the land? Huh? I don't know about you, but I tell you what, praise God. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes people rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. Not rich monetarily necessarily, though that's a part of it, but rich. Your life is full. It's rich. It's filled with the blessing of God. Why? Because you're willing and obedient. <clears throat> now, not everybody gets real willing or obedient, for that matter. 
you know, that we go down the road of life and maybe we find ourselves, you know, having to face some storms and different things of that nature and things unexpectedly comes along. And, you know, at those moments within our lives, we're tested to or with regard to what we believe about the faithfulness of God. How many of you know that God is faithful? You, won't, you may not understand everything that goes on within your life, but trust me, my friend, He is everything that He says He is, and He is faithful. Hallelujah. Praise God. So in those moments, you are tested. You are faced with a decision as to whether or not you're going to continue on with Him or if you're going to walk away into the shadows and do your own thing and live without Him. You know, it happened with the disciples one day, you know, Jesus made the statement, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. Well, they didn't understand that, of course, but really what he was talking uh, to them about, if you look at the, uh, the context, he was talking about coming to him and believing. When he, when he made reference to, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood, really what it was talking about is coming to him and believing. And they couldn't get that. And they said, man, he's nuts. I don't know what he's talking about. I'm out of here. And, you know, the thing that's interesting about that is, is that at the conclusion, you know, he turned to his own disciples, all 12 of them. He said, how about you? You going to leave too? You know, Jesus is not begging people for anything. He offers people something. Are you listening to me? I mean, since when do we think that we have any kind of place or position whatsoever before God to demand or require anything. That's not the way it works. We're to submit to him. So he just turned to him and he said, hey, how about you? And, and, and Peter, the Bible says, turned to him and says, where, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Now, he didn't say it, but I'm sure in the back of his mind, he probably said, Uh, We don't understand that last thing you just got done talking about, but we know. Everybody say, we know. We know know that you have the words of eternal life. So when you face challenges within your lives, you know, so often people, you know, they want to blame God. You know, where's God? Where's God? Where's God? How come God? You know, this, that, or the other. So much of the stuff that goes on in our lives doesn't have a thing in the world to do with him. Huh? Well, how come he didn't? How come this? How come that? It, do, you, do you understand the spirit of that? It almost as though we're demanding that he should be performing, and he didn't do it, so now we're upset. Am I in the right house? Well, guess what? That's not the way it works. Yes, there is grief. There is sorrow. There are, you know, there is pain that we experience in this life. But I tell you what, praise God, my Bible says there's coming a day when he personally is going to wipe all the tears from your eyes and there won't be any more sorrow or pain or suffering or anything else. And we will know even as we are known. Are you listening to me? Everybody say, I love you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. He's everything that he said he was and is. Amen. Are you with me? Still glad you came to church. Glory to God. Now, so he said, if you be willing and obedient. Hallelujah. (laughs) Let's make a confession of our faith. You ready? Say, Lord Jesus, without you, I am nothing. Lord Jesus, without you, I can do nothing. But Lord Jesus, 
with you, I can do all things. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. I believe that, don't you? I said, I believe that. If I'm willing and obedient, praise God, I mean, though none go with me, still I will follow. He said he would bless my life, and he has. Hallelujah. There are times that, you know, in my wife and I's life when it, it, it felt like or it seemed like nobody else was following. But we chose, praise God, to obey God. I was saved, you know, as a 19-year-old. Two years later, praise God. Thank God Jesus accounted my wife and I faithful. And he called us into the ministry at the age of 21, 20 and 21. Hallelujah. We went to Bible school and got ourselves prepared, did the best we knew how. We didn't know very much. We don't really know too much right now, but we are figuring a few things out. I mean, you can just stumble onto a few stuff, you know, just over time. At least hope you do. Praise God. But it's when we're willing and obedient that we don't quit. We don't give up. We don't walk away. Are you listening to me? It happens all the time. It's happening in people's lives all the time. You know, somebody comes along and starts, you know, singing a sad song, and all of a sudden somebody comes and joins in and, and does a real good job on the harmony. You know, tells them how bad they've got it and how people have mistreated them and, you know, and this and that and the other, and pretty soon you can't even find them. You need to stay faithful. Are you listening to me? That's going to be even more apparently important here as we move along. Praise God. you got to become like the three Hebrew children who said, listen, I don't care what you do. I don't care what you say. I don't care how hot you turn the furnace up. We are not going to bow or burn. We are not going to cut and run. Did you hear me? You know, and so many have. And their life is, is, is but a shadow. It's... it's um, it's, it, it misses so much of the richness that God has for them. Are you with me? Woo! Boy, this is exciting, isn't it? Well, it'll help you, praise God. You know, you get into a, a little bit of a storm or something like that, you can say, well, Pastor Mike preached this message, and he said, don't move. He said, don't cut and run. He said, stay put, and God will see us through. Because he's faithful. Glory to God for everyone. He is. I said he is. Amen. And we all face the storms of life. We go through challenges. You know, unexpected things come our way. I mean, sometimes we get so blindsided by things. And yet, you know, and in that moment, yes, there is confusion. There is all kinds of things. That, but you just got to stay put. You know, things that happen in Job's life. You know, and all of the things that happened, you know, and he didn't understand. He had these people, you know, or, I mean, his wife, I mean, God bless her. She said, why don't you just curse God and die? I mean, who needs a friend like that? Who needs a wife like that? You know, really? And, you know, before it was all over with, though, praise God, God showed up. And with that encounter, the Bible says that God uh, uh, turned Job's captivity. Everybody say it together. God, God is, turning is turning my captivity. Praise God. If you're in a hard spot right now, I'm telling you what, God's moving. Glory to God. You say, well, I don't look like it. Well, maybe you want to get that all changed anyway and start saying what he says. Huh? 
about your circumstance instead of what you think or the way it appears. Glory to God. No, he said if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the what? The what? The good of the land. Now, I don't know about you, but last time I checked, I don't think God is a respecter of persons. Huh? He shows no partiality. So I tell you what, praise God, it's available to everyone. And everyone means you're the one. Hallelujah. I remember T.L. Osborne, late T.L. Osborne, he was one on to be with the Lord. Missionary statesman all over the world. One thousands, hundreds of thousands of people to Jesus. And he preached a message, everyone means you're the one. You know how many times you find in the Bible where it says, whosoever? Whosoever. You know, you, you, you got to look at that and you say, man, I'm a whosoever. Hallelujah. Amen. So that God can bless your life. Now, did you find Job 36? Look with me, this, uh, this verse here in the book of Job's. Job's. Job. <laughs> verse 11. Notice it says, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Well, you say, well, I don't have that. There ain't no prosperity going on in my life. I'm certainly not enjoying any pleasures. You know, you're probably more blessed than you could even begin to realize. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you what, I mean, you're, you're probably in the top 1% of all the people on this planet. You know? But it's so funny how we are so funny about not counting our blessings and being thankful. You know how often the Bible tells us to be thankful? Huh? People are always concerned about what they don't have. You have so much to be thankful for. Are you listening to me? Sometimes we act like selfish children, you know. <laughs> I'll probably better ask you again. You still glad you came? Yeah, amen. Count your blessings. Well, you know, I mean, people just, you know, uh, sometimes our perspective. Well, anyway, look here, verse 11 again. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Now, let me just say something about that as long as we're talking about it, as long as I'm talking about it. You know, they will spend their days in prosperity. Amen. You know, sometimes people struggle in life, you know, because of what they don't know. You know, for example, you know, if you grew up in a particular environment, you know, where, you know, people have the mistaken idea, well, God never promised you anything, you know, and he certainly hasn't promised you to you know, prosper you. Well, they haven't read this verse. Huh? They missed this one. You know, they missed 3 John 2, said, Beloved, my desire, prayer, and wish above all things is that you would prosper and be in health as, 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 as your soul prospers. So sometimes, you know, there's just things we got to unlearn and other things we need to learn. Are you with me? God's not opposed to you having things. He's opposed to, you know, things having you. The thing that God doesn't like is covetousness. And it's everywhere. You know? 
So you got to, that's the thing about the child of God, you know, and, 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 and prosperity or blessing or whatever it is, you know, it, the thing is, is you got to learn to handle it lightly and not to hang on to it, not to hoard it. And people do that all the time. Everything you have, it came from heaven. Huh? So it belongs to him. He's the one, you know, that provided you with everything that you have. And all he wants you to do is be a good steward of it. And then if he asks you of, you know, for some of it or whatever of it, then you're willing. Are you with me? You got to be willing. I said you have to be willing. One more time. Willing. Yeah, you got to be willing and obedient. And he said, you'll eat the good of the land. Now, this verse says, if they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. But if they don't obey, they'll perish by the sword. You know, that sword thing is both of these verses. Are you with me? You know, and they shall die without knowledge. You know, people's lives could be so much different. They really could be so much better. Are you with me? You know, your life, my life, I mean, our lives can become better. And the way that it, it becomes better is by learning or knowing the will of God and following him. You know, when I was 19 years old, I grew up in a religious environment. I wasn't, we weren't religious. We were the ENCers, you know, the ones that go on Easter and Christmas. And we throw a little conscious money in the offering and that was it, you know. I mean, we were so far removed from truth that it was not good. But then I got saved. I got turned on to the word of God. I don't know who prayed for me in my you know, history and things of that nature, but I thank God for them. And when I find out, I'm going to get, I'm going to tell them, are you listening to me? And I began to learn. My wife and I, we began to learn. She grew up in a, a, in a religious family. I mean, they were faithful to church and all of that, you know, but we weren't saved. We didn't know God. We were just going through the motions like so many folk do. But thank God one day we surrendered our heart to him, praise God, and he changed our lives forever. But we gave him all of our heart. We didn't give him part of it. You know, we didn't cut a deal with God, say, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, if you just kind of bless me, I'll do something about it. No, we just said, we're all in. And that's, that's where the blessing is. How many of you know that? That's where the blessing is. Glory to God. So everybody, I think, you know, I mean, everybody wants a good life. Everybody seeks a better life. You know, they want their life to be filled with contentment and joy. Uh, people li want their lives to count. You know, they want it to have purpose, all of those things. And, you know, all of that is inherently placed within you by God himself. Huh? He said, I know that I've got plans for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope for future. You know, in him, in Christ, your life is hidden. In other words, in there, there are treasures forevermore. Hallelujah. And he wants to show them to you. But you've got to seek. You know, you got to look, you got to, you know, you can't be, you know, absorbed in everything else that's going on in the world and, and not seek him because if you don't, you won't find. Now, the things of life, they're important. We have responsibilities. We have to care for them. But, you know, there are priorities, you know, and if those priorities become ill-ordered, then we're going to end up someplace where we don't want to be. 
Y'all get that, don't you? Hallelujah. So just say it with me. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. Glory to God. Amen. So, you know, so he gives us this uh, roadmap for our lives. And he said, if you'll be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. He says, if you obey and serve me, then you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. Glory to God. Amen. That's what he said. And I believe that. Y'all believe that? Everybody say, I believe that. Hallelujah. So that's the thing that we need to understand. Glory to God. Now, there's a couple other scriptures uh, that I want to share with you here that that are important. Um, um, Look with me in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. If you've got a Bible there or a device that you're looking at. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. There's another uh, dynamic to this that I want to uh, talk with you about. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Many of you probably are familiar with this particular story. It has to do with King Jehoshaphat. And uh, he was the king of Judah. And um, you'll notice here in the 20th verse... Um, I'll read the whole thing, but I want to get down to the bottom of it. It says, They rose early in the morning and went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now notice this. Believe. Everybody say believe. Believe Believe in the Lord your God. Believe his, well, I'm sorry. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets, and so shall you prosper. Hallelujah. Now, this is interesting here with regard to the context of this, and uh, it's important. But notice again, let's read it again. I want you to get this. It says, believe in the Lord your God. What's that mean? That means believe what he said. Believe the word of God. Believe that he said, if you would follow me, if you would seek me, that you would find me, hallelujah, and that the blessing of God would come on your life for your obedience. Amen. You know, sometimes your flesh, it wants to take you a different direction. You know, it has desires. But you know, praise God, you got to tell your flesh that it's not boss, because it's not. Amen. And sometimes you'll get into situations, you know, where, where your faith is being placed on trial. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, maybe you've got some friendships or acquaintances, and they, you know, they're putting the pressure on you. They want you to go out and party and drink with them all night long. And you say, well, no, I don't do that. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, just have a little drink. It ain't going to hurt nothing. Come on. No, that's, that's not who I am. That's not what I do. It's a trap, believer, child of God. Well, you know, it probably wouldn't hurt. Oh, yeah. One thing leads to another, my friend. Well, so when you say no, come on now, you say, no, we're out, sorry. Then all of a sudden, then you feel the, the, the heat, the pressure, the disapproval, huh? Yeah, but don't let that deter you, praise God, because I'm telling you what, at the end of the day, you're going to be blessed, and they're not. Amen. Jeremy? Yeah. I'm telling you, God's word's true. Amen. Maybe not right at the moment, but I'm telling you what, sooner or later, it'll all play out. Amen. 
Well, anyway, praise God. He said again, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. God wants to establish you. He wants your life to be grounded, settled, established, blessed. Hallelujah. He wants you to have more than enough. Glory to God. Plenty to share. Glory to God. Amen. Are you listening to me? But that doesn't happen. That can't happen, you know, if we're all over the place, that there's no stability within our lives if we don't let our character get strong and be the people that God has called us to be. Just because everybody else is doing it, that don't make it right. But, you know, in social, you know, in, 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 in the world in which we live, in culture, you know, man, people are doing all kinds of vile, ungodly I mean corrupt, immoral things. And the people around there were saying, it's okay. Well, listen to me, my friend. It's not okay. And there's a, there's a recompense. There is a reward, a consequence that comes from that. Well, you say, well, what's going on? They don't believe the Word of God. They don't believe the counsel even of their own heart. And they're just doing whatever it is, you know, that the world is doing or their flesh wants to do. And, and boy, what a mess it creates. And they're not going to be established. They're going to be destroyed. Are you listening to me? Their lives will be taken from them prematurely. They won't live out the full length of their days. There's all kinds of harm and heartache and hell that comes from it. Kind of a sober message, isn't it? But you know what? Praise God. That's okay. If it helps us, then so be it. So he said here, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe also his prophets, and you will prosper. Now, it's an interesting context, because what happened was, is that King Jehoshaphat and Judah were facing a storm. How many of you ever faced a storm before? Huh? There was a storm brewing because the Ammonites and the Moabites and those of Mount Seir, I don't know who they were, they were other people, they had collaborated together and they had made an alliance and they were going to go after Israel and destroy them. Well, Jehoshaphat, thank God he had more sense, at least he feared God. He called a fast for everyone and he called them to pray and to seek God. And they got before God, and they said, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hallelujah. How many of you know that when you seek God, he'll show up? And the Bible says here in the context of this, I don't have time, but Jehaziel, he was a Levite. He was one of the, you know, of the priesthood. Spirit of God came on him. He began to speak. He said, let no man's heart fail them. Hallelujah. He said, the battle is not yours, but God's. And he says, you go out tomorrow and hallelujah, see the salvation of God. So they, there was things they had to do. And it was in that context that, 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 that uh, the king stood up before everyone, right before this was all about to go down. He says, listen, believe in the Lord your God. We will be established and believe his prophets and we will prosper. And so as it turned out, you know, the Bible tells us that, that uh, the, the Ammonites and the Moabites, they turned on this group uh, uh, from Mount Seir, 
and started destroying all of them. When they got done, then they turned on one another and they killed one another till there was no one. By the time that the Israelites got there, there was nothing but dead bodies everywhere. And the Bible says that they spent three days. Everybody say three days. They spent three days hauling off the spoil because there was so much. Now, I like that. Huh? I mean, I'm telling you. And, and they, they built an altar there, and they called it the Valley of Blessing. In other, I don't know what the Hebrew word was. It's in there someplace. But the Valley of Blessing, because it took them three days to haul everything off. Now, I want you to notice, and I don't know. Did I have you turn here? I did. Okay, look at verse 30. So, after all of this was over with, notice it says, so the realm of Jehoshaphat was what? It was what? It was quiet. Now listen, why? For his God gave him, what's that word? Rest. Rest. Roundabout. The realm of his kingdom was quiet and God gave him rest. How many of you know God wants to give you rest? You know how that happens? When you're willing and obedient to eat the good of the land. Hallelujah. I want to share a story with you. Um, but let me say this first. The greatest blessings in life come as a result of obeying God. Amen. Now, sometimes, you know, like I said, at the moment, it's rather difficult. But I remember one time, this was before Joan and I were married. Actually, we were engaged to be married. And um, I was at home one evening, and I was reading a book. I, I meant to bring this little book along. It was a, a book from a guy. He got involved with the full gospel uh, uh, businessmen's uh, association, the Fagumbis, you know, that's the acronym for full gospel. For those of you that are wondering what in the world is that? How many of you remember the full gospel businessmen's association? Okay. Well, most of you don't, but anyway, he, uh, he got caught up in all of that and it was great. I mean, I'm telling you what, praise God. I mean, God moved supernaturally people getting saved, filled with the Holy ghost, businessmen and women to help fund and finance the gospel. And so anyway, he, he wrote this book entitled, How to Achieve Your Goals by Walking with God. And so one evening I was home. I, uh, this would have been in uh, oh, uh, mid-August of 1977. I was home reading this book. And on page 52, I came to the end of chapter 8. And there was a verse of scripture that all of us are familiar with there. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Everybody say rest. rest. How do you get rest? You have to come. Come to who? Come to him. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am uh, meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest. Everybody say rest. rest. Into your souls. You know what? I tell you what, a bunch of you could use some rest in your soul. Amen. And the way that it happens is come and say, well, I just don't, I don't know how to do that. Just show up and he'll show up, you know, and, and give him some of your time, you know. So anyway, I got done reading this. It said, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I can't really explain to you what happened in that moment in my life, but all of a sudden something on the inside of me, the best way I know how to describe it, just exploded in, in what it, it, this, this now word that God had given to me in this moment. And I, I had this, I guess you could say it was an encounter. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would say, call it a vision, but I came up out of this 
Anaga-eyed chair I was sitting in, man, and I mean I was dancing with all my might because I knew that my God was going to take care of me. Hallelujah. We were just, um, this would have been mid-August. We were going to be married the 21st of August. We had a short uh, uh, honeymoon that we took, and by the 7th of September, I was in Bible school. So, you know, at that moment, God challenged me. It's like he said, prove me. Come on. What do you got? You know, it's kind of like, well, you know. And it was all in regard to, at the time, I was working for a siding company. And I went out and basically canvassed neighborhoods to find people that were interested in buying it. And he said, I want you to challenge me. You tell me how many uh, 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 good quality leads you're going to get this week. Now, you know, I was kind of like, oh, God, you know, come on now. You know, I mean, I don't want to do that. No, come on. Come on. Bring it. What do you got? Now, you have to understand that if I had two to five decent leads a week, that was a big deal. Okay. Well, I, I shouldn't say it that way. Two, uh, maybe two a day. Let's put it that way. You know, decent possibilities or whatever. So in a five-day period, you might have 10. And so I said, all right, Lord. I said, by the end of this week, and really, uh, I think it was an operation of the gift of the, or, or the, the gift of faith. I really do. Because I said, by the end of this week, I'll have 70 leads. Now, that's way out there. Are you listening to me? I was working in Fremont, Nebraska at the time. And uh, so I just claimed him. I said, Father, I want to just thank you right now for 70 leads. I went and told my boss. I said, I'll have 70 leads for you by the end of the week. And they said, sure you will. You know? And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you guys, God's my witness. I'd go to Fremont, and I'm not, I'm not kidding you. People would almost meet me before I got to their door wanting sighting. And I took down the names. And I'd get eight, you know, maybe 10, sometimes 12. By the end of the week, I had 68 what I would call quality leads, you know. And... Uh, you know, you feel a little short, but, you know, we had those door hangers, those things, you know, you put on there, and two of those come in, you know. So it's 70. I got 70 of them. You know, I don't think we ever got a dime out of any of the 70 of those. We went off to Bible school, and we got nothing. And I got to tell you, I know that a bunch of them got sold, but that's beside the point. Here's the point that I wanted to make to you about this, and that is simply this that that encounter that I had was not because God thought I was so special. And it wasn't anything that I, had, I was expecting at all. I was just sitting there reading a book, you know. But the Spirit of God came on me, and I had this encounter with him about all of this. And sure enough, by weeks in, you know, uh, I had the 70, we got married, we took off, and that was the end of it. But my point to that is, is because the reason I want to bring this to bear upon you is because the reason, I believe, the reason that happened was because of my obedience a few weeks before that. And I think it probably would have been in the month of July of 1977, Kenneth Copeland was at the Holiday Inn there at 84th and Grover. It's not the Holiday Inn anymore, I don't know who owns it. But anyway, I was in a meeting there. And in that meeting, he was talking about what they were doing, the ministry he was doing. And, and uh, I was probably, I don't know, maybe a dozen rows back, nine, maybe 12, I don't know. But anyway, he's getting ready to receive the offering. And, and the Spirit of God speaks to my heart and says, I want you to give him $150. 
Well, I only had like $156 in my account. You know, and I'm doing the math. How many of you have ever done the math? And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I don't know when I'm going to get paid again. And, uh, you know, six bucks. Uh. So I have this wrestling match. Any of you ever had a wrestling match? Oh, yeah. Sure we have. Listen to me. Whenever the Lord is speaking to you about doing something, just do it. Don't hesitate. Now, I know it's easier said than done because I did the same thing. I'm sitting on the row. He's talking about what they're going to be doing and this and that and the other. I'm running out of time. I, see, it's either gonna be, I need to either fish or cut bait. And so pretty soon, you know, they're praying and I'm still wrestling, you know. And finally, I just decided, you know what, I am going to obey God. You know, the devil says, it's not God, don't do it, you're an idiot. And he sure enough told me that after it was over with. But I got my checkbook out, I cut that check and I threw it in there. Why? Because I wanted to obey God and I was willing because I knew that God had more for me. Now, I wasn't giving to get. I was just doing it because I wanted to obey. Did you hear me? You know, I just wanted to obey. And so I did. And I went my way. I, you know, I mean, you know, nothing really happened until I was at home that evening reading that book. And I believe that my obedience is what opened the door for the revelation of what it is that God wanted to do in my life. Are you with me? Now, I'd like to say that that just catapulted me into the stratosphere economically, but it did not. <laughs> that, next year, that year when we were married going to school, dude, it was tough. It was hard. But part of that was because I didn't obey God. You know, and I don't really have time to get into that part of the story, but, well, maybe, maybe I do. You know, I'll just tell you about it anyway. When, we, went to, when we, we got to Tulsa, we went to work for a crook. Isn't that exciting? I was out trying to sell these coupons for this clown. My wife was in the office trying to sell pictorial directories for the church. And this guy would sit on the front row, man, in his suit, all duded up. And I'm telling you, he was a stinking thief. Nobody knew that. But he was. He was taking the people's money. And then he wasn't delivering on what he said he was going to do. He ended up going to prison. Yeah. Bad for him, better for us. But that first month, we made $12.50. I guess one of the things I want to, you know, everything, you know, everything that glitters isn't gold. People can put on all kind of facade. You know, he'd sit right there. You know, he was in uh, Bobby Indian's church. What was the name of that church? Grace Church. He'd sit on the front row like he was big dog, you know, and big giver. He's giving, you know, and all this and that and the other, you know. And the guy was a clown. He was a fake. And we've seen it. Yeah. Well, so we make $12.50. How many of you know you can't live on twelve fifty? You know? So I'm praying. That'll get you to pray. I guarantee you, when you're not making any money, you'll pray. And the Lord speaks to me. He just says, you sell the siding. And I said, I can't do that. Don't ever say you can't. Did you hear me? If God tells you to do something, just say, well, all right, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm in. And we suffered because of it. And the reason I know that is, as we graduated from school, went back to an alumni banquet. We were down at the convention center in downtown Tulsa, and there's, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 people down there, graduates from Rama. I'm sitting across a table from a guy who used to be in the Cuban mafia down in Florida. Well, no, he was in the mafia fighting the Cubans, 
and they're all after their territory. I mean, this guy, he was telling me stories that my little 20-year-old mind had never, ever heard before in my life. And so I said, well, what'd you do while you were down here? He says, well, I sold siding. I said, you did? He said, yeah. He says, I tell you, God blessed us so much doing that. I said, really? He says, oh, yeah. We made four or $5,000 a month. <laughs> now, listen to me. Four or $5,000 a month in 1977 uh, and eight. That's money. I made $406 a month and like to starve to death. Well, I never heard anything else that he said after that because the Spirit of God was right there sitting at that table and everybody else left. And he said, see, son, I could have done the same thing for you if you would have listened to me and did what I told you. Missed God. Missed God. So what's the deal? What's the story? If he tells you to do something, buddy, just say, yaha, I'm in. I can do it. Glory to God. I had all, well, it doesn't make any difference. I just, I missed the blessing of God in that deal. So, but here's my point. Let me say it and make it to you again. And that is that the encounter that I had was a result of my obedience a few weeks later. And again, I wasn't seeking the encounter. He just showed up. How many of you know he'll show up if you're obedient? Are you listening to me? I wasn't doing, you know, the 150 wasn't to give to get. Some people, you know, they, they, they hear these testimonies and think, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take money that I don't have and I'm going to give it to the church or somebody or whatever the case might be. And then God has to, no, God doesn't, ha he doesn't have to do anything. Are you with me? You're not going to manipulate God. We're just going to, you know, do our very best to obey him and do whatever it is that he asks us to do. Amen. Now, I will say that that encounter and, and all of that set us on a course where God began to bless our lives, and we learned to be generous. We learned to be givers. When we were in school, we tithed. Wasn't a big deal. You know, 406 bucks is what, $40? Or, yeah, 40 bucks. But when you're only making 406 and you give 40, you're down to 366. Can you do the math? But we did it anyway. Are you listening to me? Now, we could have kept it. That's why the Bible says for you to give the first fruit of your increase. Because a lot of you, you got more month than you got check. Or pay period, you know. Are you with me? And then you're down, you know, you're getting close to the end of the pay period. You ain't got enough money and you're supposed to tithe. And now you got a real battle going on. Well, if you give it up on the front end, the battle's over. Thanks for your excitement, but it works. Amen. Cut the top right off of that baby and give it to Jesus. Amen. And then praise God, you can work out the rest of it, uh, you know, however. Look with me real close, real quickly. Let's go back to Ma Matthew chapter uh, 11 here. How many of you think it's getting better? Yep. All right, good. Look at, look at chapter 11 here. Kind of had to go through some uh, deep water there a little bit. Praise God. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. Now Jesus is speaking. And what's the first word there? Come. Say it again. Come. Come to me. Come to me. All you that labor and are heavy laden or burdened down, and I will give you more problems. No, I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. Thank you, Jesus. 
Don't be concerned about the, your future. Listen, it's bright. The world might be going to hell in a handbasket, but I'm telling you what, Jesus is Lord. And in the process, you and I have the privilege to bring in the harvest. He's only waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. That's all that's going on here. He has long patience, isn't that right? He wants more people to come into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And we are the reapers. We're the ones that have the privilege of being a part of the, the harvesting. But he said here, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, verse 29, upon you. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me or learn from me. The, the uh, 20th century New Testament translation says, learn from me, for I am meek and lowly of heart or humble, and you shall find rest unto your souls. You know, it's okay to say you don't know everything. Huh? I don't know. Hallelujah. I've had all kinds of people, you know, come up to me and ask me questions. I said, I don't know, you know. They said, well, you're the pastor. You're supposed to know. Well, I don't know. Go ask him, you know. Hallelujah. Then it goes on to say, for my yoke is what? Say it again. And my burden is what? Light. My wife and I, some years ago, serving as regional directors for our ministerial association, hosted an RMAI, that's, that was the name of the organization, uh, hosted a regional retreat in Wisconsin, in Eau Claire. And it was in the fall of the year. It was beautiful. You know, the, the, the colors were changing just this time of the year and everything. And part of the plan was is that we were going to go out and we were going to go on a hay rack ride. We were taking everybody on this rack and we were going to go out and... Uh, you know, go through the timbers and the meadows and things, you know, it's just, it was great, had a big bonfire. And, and uh, so anyway, everybody jumps on this, uh, jumps on this hay rack, and it's being, it's being pulled by two, uh, a pair of draft horses. And I don't know, the, I, I think they were Belgians, they weren't, they weren't Percherons, I don't know what they were, but, you know, draft horses. And so we're out there and we're just, you know, everybody's having a great time, just enjoying everything. And, you know, and then they kind of go down into this timber area and, uh, you know, we're, you know, it's kind of curvy road, beautiful. I mean, we're just having a big time. Well, so, so what ends up happening is, is that what we don't realize is, is that the, the, the grade is going down steadily as we're going down. And then at the bottom, you know, it's, it's going to turn make this turn. It's going to go up the hill. And uh, so, so um, just before we get to the bottom, the guy who's driving this rig, all of a sudden he picks up the pace. Well, we didn't think too much about it, you know. Well, you know, we just realized, well, he's probably, you know, just running them a little bit, you know, make it up this hill. Well, what we didn't know is the hill was like this. And so he gets, he gets around the corner. We're going up the hill. Now, bear in mind, the reason we turned is because there's this ravine, you know, right here in front of us, and uh, it's, you know, a drop-off, you know. Now, there are trees and whatever, but anyway, we come around this corner, and we're going up this hill, and these horses are doing everything they know to do, but guess what? There's more of us than there is of them, and all of a sudden, they're up in this harness as, as hard as they can, and we're not going forward. They're going backwards, so 
so immediately I see what's going on and I'm thinking about where we're going to go and I jump off, you know, because I got sense enough to know we got too much weight and we're not getting where we're going. So I, I told my wife, I said, hey, jump off. She goes, what? I said jump off. And I, I guess I did. I did. I told her to jump off and she thought I was going to catch her. <laughs> but so she jumps off into the arms of her, her, her honey and hits the ground. Well, the reason was, is I was trying to get more people off the rack. So I didn't mean anything by it, baby. I'd have caught you if I'd have known, you know. I was more anxious about getting the weight off of this, this hay rack, you know. And so finally we got enough, and they went back quite a ways. Thank God there were some trees there. Probably would have never actually went off into the ravine, but, you know. And then so we all got to walk up this hill till we got on the flat spot so we could all re, you know, climb on and go back the rest of the way. Why do I use that illustration? Because the same thing happens to us in life. You know, if you're not following him and being led by him, you know, you're inevitably going to come up against a hill you can't pull. You hear me? And all of a sudden, you know, you're up in, this, you're up in that harness, you know. He said, take my yoke upon you. In other words, let me be the one who's yoked with you when it comes to your life. My yoke's easy. My burden's light. Are you listening to me? So, you know, if you've got stuff going on in your life, you know, and it just seems like, you know, you're just pulling, trying to do it, that's not your burden to bear. Are you with me? And maybe, just maybe, what it is that's going on right there isn't really what he had planned at all. Are you with me? Maybe he's got something a whole lot better for you as a believer, as a child of God. Are you listening to me? And I tell you what, praise God, if you'll learn to do that, uh, you know, um, you'll be blessed. Let me just say it to you this way. When we decide to do things our own way, it ain't easy. Huh? But when we, praise God, decide that we're going to follow him and do what he, you know, when, we just, when you decide to do uh, life God's way, now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you won't be challenged. But I tell you what, praise God, at least you won't be in it alone. You may have to say, well, you know, I don't know what we're going to do right here, but I know, praise God, he's got an answer. Some of you are raising your kids, you know, and that can be extremely challenging at times. You know, but I tell you what, when you have decisions to make with and about your kids, it's so much better when you can do it with him. Sometimes you have to take a stand. Sometimes you just have to say, no, honey, we're not doing that, you know. It doesn't, I, I seen, um, uh, we were in Branson, Missouri this week, and I was coming out of a, uh, a parking uh, tower, and uh, I, it saddened me so much. I seen uh, this, they were a younger couple, but they had a little guy, he was about this tall, maybe two of them, and I was coming around the corner, and I seen this, uh, I seen this dad snatch him up and you know, do one of these to him. I tell you what, I wanted to stop, get out of the car, and do it to him. Thank God I didn't do that. That would have been dumb. I said, how would you like a little bit of your own stuff? Nerf ball? That's not, well, it's a whole other story, but that's not the way we parent. You know, the two key things to parenting is love and control. It's not yelling and screaming. It's not none of that. But, you know, I tell you what, praise God. I mean, well, anyway, that's another story altogether. Uh, 
But I guess what I'm saying to you is, is thank God that when you're in that whole thing about raising your kids, you're not in it alone. Isn't that good? Some of you, you know, spouses, you know, you may have challenges within the context of your relationship. You know what? God's fully aware of what's going on. And guess what? He's got an answer. And I tell you what, when you, when you choose to respond as he would have you to, you're going to come out on top. Are you with me? Amen? I said amen. amen. We just, we're, we're, we're choosing to do it his, his, his way. His way. You know? And when you do that, then the blessing of God comes your way. Amen. Same thing with money. You know, I mean, a lot of times, you know, people, I kind of gave you that, that illustration earlier. If you give them the first fruit of your increase, uh, it, it leaves a lot less challenge on the tail end. I know what I'm talking about. I mean, I've done it before. You know, you're looking at this, you're looking at this, you're saying, man, that don't add up, you know, but you haven't given your, your, your uh, tithe or whatever to God, you know, and you're thinking, that's why, man, I mean, the first, I mean, it gets done. Sometimes we do it ahead of, uh, in advance, you know, you know, we get paid the uh, first and the 15th or 15th and 31st of the month. And so when I know that's coming, man, we cut that check, give it to Jesus. Amen. You know, and then we don't have to worry about it. Another thing, you know, same thing with this is a this is a deal that's going on right now with church church attendance. You know, I mean, the Bible makes I mean, it's it's real clear that God has a certain expectation where his people are concerned, you know, to find a good Bible believing church, a life giving church, a place where they can be fed the word of God and things like that. But there's all kind of folk they ain't coming to church. You got this decline, you know, in the time, uh, t- uh, the amount of attendance that's taken place, and things of that nature, um, and and it really isn't about, for example, my expectation that you be here. I mean, you know, that's that's not what it's about. It's about honoring Him, and living in a way that 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 honors Him. Are you are you with me? And that's, and the thing about it is, this is my concern, and, and I'm just speaking as a pastor, you know, since we've gone through this COVID thing, you know, uh, so many people have stayed home and they've watched us online, and I think that's great. Thank God for, you know, uh, uh, technology, and it, it affords us the opportunity, but I think in some cases, people like it, and so they say, well, I don't, I don't need to go to church. I can save a lot of time. I'll just watch him, and then I'll be done. That's that, that right there, that's dangerous, Really, it is. I mean, you know, you can say what you want about it, but, you know, there's a community of of believers that God has called us to be a part of and and to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, I guess if you don't need anything, then, you know, you're, you know, you know, doing whatever it is you do. But you know what? You could be the supply to someone else. It might be a smile. It could be a handshake. It could be a prayer. It could be, who knows? Are you listening to me? So I, I just think that these are things that we should think about, you know? And um, because the thing about it is, he said that, you know, if, you're, if you uh, obey and serve him, you'll become established. Church should become a part of your life. Church became a part of our life. People would criticize us. My God, what in the world can you do for three hours in church? Well, we can worship God. We can hear the word of God. We can hear testimonies of what God's doing. You know, we can have the fellowship. You know, we weren't trying to run. See, that's a problem. You know, a lot of folks are going to dead churches. You know, there's no life there. 
And so, yeah, they want out. We say, well, that's a problem, you know. You know, it's a dead church. Well, define what life is, you know, or what living is. And, and uh, get in someplace. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, I, I, I think that's, I, had, I have some other things, but I think that's all we got time for today. Somebody told me, oh, it was Catherine. She's, she's got her thing. She said, if you want to go long today, I've got my, I've got my guitar. Just go for it. So I'm, I'm real tempted, but <laughs> I won't do that today. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you just stand with me, if you would, please. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Lord, we love you. And we're so grateful, Father, for your blessing in our lives. We count our blessings, Father. And we thank you, Father, for all that you have done to bring us into this present hour. We know, Father God, that you have plans for us. And by your divine design, Father, there are things that you want to accomplish. There's things you want to do. There's increase. There's promotion. There's advancements. There's influence, Father, that you want us to have in this world in which we live. And, Father, we say yes. Help to guide us and lead us in the way that you would have us to go. Father, I pray for those that are here within the sound of my voice. Also, Father, those may be viewing us through the Internet. And Father, I ask you to speak to each and every one of our hearts about our willingness and our obedience to you. Father, I thank you that those that are facing challenges and difficulties in their life, Father, can cast their care upon you because you care for them. Help us all, Father to be sensitive to you and to the Spirit of God within us about our lives and what it is that you would have us to do. And I just want to thank you for your blessing in this house, in the name that's above every name. I want you just to pray this prayer with me, if you would. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, my life is not my own, and I come to you today to live for you. Help me, Father to be obedient, to know your way, and to do that which is right in your sight. And I thank you, Lord, for establishing my life with peace and rest and a joy that no one can take away. And I thank you, Father God, for your blessing in my life today. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say amen. 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 You may be seated. God bless you. Glory to God.